All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to SaberSim's DFS Office Hours here. To celebrate Wimbledon and the release of our new Tennis DFS Sims and Lineup Builder, uh, wanted to have a couple guests on here today to talk some Tennis DFS strategy. So uh, on today here, we have SaberSim data scientist Will, who built our Tennis Sims and model here, and Sheets from our partners over at TrueDFS, uh, who is our resident expert in Tennis DFS here today. Uh, got these guys on to talk about what it really takes to be successful building uh, daily fantasy tennis lineup. So uh, excited to get into this here. We have a lot we want to talk about as it relates to both the Sims, the model, uh, and tennis DFS strategy. Uh, so we'll jump in here in just a second. But before we get started, as always, we do these shows live for a reason. So if you have questions, fire away at us in YouTube chat or in Slack. Uh, and we'll answer your questions here today. But I want to just go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, and I'll start, Will, I'll kick it over to you uh, to give us maybe kind of a brief introduction here into, you know, what uh, went into our tennis simulation. What What is a sim and, and how do you uh, end up building our, our tennis sims? Yeah, so when you boil it down, tennis is actually a pretty simple core sport uh, because you have the, the base, you know, the server and the returner, and they win a point. And from there, it's literally just like a best of five and then a best of seven and then, you know, and it compounds from there into games and sets and matches uh but essentially when we can break it down to you know the probability that a person is winning if they're the server or the returner and then the for the server the probability if they win that it's an ace or a lose that it's a double fault with those three probabilities we can really sort of get the full range of outcomes of what a tennis match can look like um and so that's sort of the that's sort of the mindset that we went into it with is, is start with those three simple probabilities and then use those uh, to just see all of the different ways that it can go. Um, so it's been, it was definitely an interesting challenge trying to keep sat, uh, keep track of all the different game sets and matches that I don't know how many times I had to talk to Eric, one of our uh, other data scientists about, <laughs> you know, make sure that I was keeping track of everything. But I think it is a really cool pretty powerful tool stemming from such a simple concept. Yeah, so I mean, that that brings me to just one of the first questions that I wanted to talk about is, so is the level of granularity that we're getting into here point by point, is that how we're doing it here? Yep, exactly. Cool, so how do we actually like get to the probabilities of what's going to happen on a given point? What are what are some of the inputs that we're looking at to, to come up with that? Yeah, so for version one, we, we really wanted to get this out for Wimbledon. Uh, we're starting by taking the Vegas odds for the match um, and then sort of backwards solving, working our way down. So if Vegas says this person is, you know, 60% to win a best of three match, uh, what, what what probabilities that come to on their like actual point by point basis that that 60% mark holds true? Um, so we're, we're essentially extrapolating the point probability from the, the Vegas match probability. Um, and with that, we then break it out into, given the for this a grass-type court, uh, the split between server and returner. Um, so like a server is, you know, about one and a half times more likely to win the point than the returner is. Um, so applying the, that adjustment. Um, and then within that, we're looking at a player's historical uh, ace and double faults. So we'll look at on uh, one, a grass court average as far as like what the baseline is um, and then add in, you know, the player's historical performance on grass courts as far as like what percentage of the serves that they've won have been aces and what percent of the or serves that they have lost have been double faults. Um, 
and we use that to generate those three probabilities. Gotcha. Cool. And, and Sheets, I know you had some questions for Will here as well about how this is all put together. Do you have any thoughts on, on some of those? Yeah, yeah I, I, have, I have plenty. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on here. And Will, I mean, just love the background. I mean, that's, yeah. just, that's just really just top tier, top tier stuff. As you can see, um, I'm right here at Wimbledon, totally. I, I know. I, <laughs> Wimbledon would never look, look this good. Yeah, you know, as you guys know, I mean, I, I, um, I kind of look at a lot of different projection models and systems and things like that. And I never really get into the uh, to the to the drill downs and and the granularity and all and all that stuff. But one thing that I guess I would ask is is do the other do other sites and do other projection models do the same type of thing? With just I don't mean the the simulation part, but when you just get down to that raw projection, because one thing I've noticed is that pretty much every place that I go, um, with respect to projections. Tennis, more than almost any other sport, is so tight. I mean, the difference between what three different, you know, uh, models come up with is very, very small. You know, so, so I, I guess I was just interested to hear how you came up with this. And I guess you don't know how other people do their do their business, but I was just kind of imagining that other modelers do the same thing, and that's not my thing. I like to like take the information and kind of just say, okay, now that we have the projections, you know, how do we construct, what do we do with them? So I was just kind of very intrigued to hear how you went through all that. It reminded me of when, when Max was talking to me about golf, how they literally went back like hole by hole, you know, to come up with some of, some of the golf sims. And, and it's interesting that if you go through kind of point by point and all this stuff and you come up with pretty much a similar, if not exact same, you know, uh, number as, as people that might use other, other uh you know other ways of doing it the one other question i would i guess i have to comment on that and the other question is is where do you find your your data you know and, and i asked that because i once did an interview with the guy who ran big data tennis which was a really pretty well-known like tennis source for like a long time i mean do you have like external sources that you go for this kind of stuff and i guess my third question not to go too much into it is you talk about having historical like ace data and historical data do you ever get into, you know, okay, uh, he should, he, you know, has a lot of aces, but maybe he's against someone who defends aces really well. And I guess that's the second level of it, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Let me try an order right. of operations here. No, no, no problem. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not really sure how other sites are doing it, but it doesn't really surprise me that the, the mean is about the same, uh, just because it, it is, it ultimately all of your points stem from like the the game sets and matches one and then it, aces and double faults are, are like fairly if you estimate you know they're gonna serve a hundred times and they have this ace rate or whatever like a, without simulating i could see getting to the same mean number pretty easily um so i i definitely i'm i'm not too surprised by that but i do think that there is within having the simulation data understanding like the upside that comes from yep. a a high ace person like a high ace person versus a non-high ace person with the same odds you're going to have more upside um or even with somebody with a slightly higher odds where like the mean may have been the same but that upside is there um yeah and then for the historical data we have um i think it's atp and wta tournament data um so it's like on a mat set i'm still really confused by the terminology but on uh like the by the serving time 
so we have like this person attempted this amount of serves got this many aces and this many double faults and then it moves to the next player and so on and so forth going back i think about five or six years um and so that's what we use for grabbing the serve data now and we're in the process like the next level the next version of the projection script is actually going to be um taking that data and doing exactly what you talked about which is incorporating like opponent in ace again in like aces allowed basically um but i think that the bigger thing that that update is going to bring is better serve and return win probability uh, so essentially right now we're taking uh, they have a geometric mean of like say 51% to win a point. Um, and then if they're serving, that number comes out to like 61.7. And if they're returning 38.3. Um, but that's ju essentially just taking a static adjustment where somebody like, I think it was, um, let me see if I can find him. There is one player, or one uh, tennis player today who has like an extremely high ace rate and an extremely high double fault rate. Um, I think it's Bublik. Um, and essentially, my theory is that he's going to have a higher serving win probability and a lower return. Like, his split on serving and returning is going to be greater. Um, and I think that that's something that's going to be really interesting that we can capture when we get to dig into that data. Um, and then also, yeah, so if somebody is better at returning, they would theoretically allow less aces against. And so that would also factor into it if, if, I, if I could give an, a follow-up and I'm not, not to get too macro about this but one thing that I did when you came out with your with your tennis sims I said okay how do I going to incorporate this into my into my other stuff where I include your guys projections into the other places I look at and the first thing I have to figure out is okay when I download your stuff what column is everything in right because I have to code it right and, and I even guessed right I'm like you know what? I just bet you that they have the exact same columns as their MMA Right. Because it's just to me, it's the same sport in a way. It is. You know what I mean? Because oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a binary outcome. You know, it's the median is mean is like almost never going to hit. Right. It's always going to be one way or the other. And so I, I say this as background because, I'm like, OK, that worked out perfectly. And since I guess MMA was the last big update that you did as far as the sports go, I, I guess I would ask you on a macro level, you know, what did you what did you find with respect to how tennis kind of kind of. It resembles MMA in a way. I mean, look, the ceilings in MMA are higher, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious what you found because it does seem like very, very similar sports. Yeah. So I think that there's a there's a pretty decent trade off. Obviously, in MMA, like the grappler versus striker dichotomy is right. is huge when it comes to point distributions. Mm -hmm. and I think that's significantly less impactful here. Mm -hmm. uh, so like you still have high ace, high double fault, like aggressive serving players and non-aggressive serving players, but that impact on scoring is like less than a, a grappler versus striker. striker. Uh, but that that loss in variance is pretty significantly offset by like the larger number of matches. Like I think today's slate was like 29 matches. Uh, and so you're worried less about duplication and less about like variant players as much as you are getting i guess like unique six of six wins um so i think it's a pretty like you're right like they're they're very similar but i think that if they were if both if you had like an mma slate and a tennis slate that were the exact same size as, as, as number of games the mma slate's gonna be like more variant and, and easier to find like unduped ev 
and I think tennis is offset by usually having more games. Well, I'll, I'll say something else, and I, I, I know you're probably going to transition to this pretty quickly, Jordan, the, the, the idea that, okay, the median projection is all well and good, but that's that's really not even the story. Um, you know, being be able to simulate you know, distributions of outcomes and going for ceiling and balancing ownership and things like that is what you guys, that's, that's where I came up. That's where I found you guys in the first place, right? And, you know, what I said before about most projection systems are very, very similar with, and even more than any other sport with respect to the, the median and median, I think that that you that you guys and your ability and your algorithms to actually create lineups that are have high upside and differentiation, I think that in tennis is probably I don't want to you know sell other sports short, but but tennis has got to be in a huge maybe baseball too, but huge, huge edge because everybody's working pretty much with the same median projections, right? And, and to be able to really figure out which of the, you know, to separate the, mean, the different means from each other and figure out which which player has high ceilings and then constructing lineups. I mean, that, I'm really curious to see how this all works out now that you've really turned this into a sim thing and and, and where the sliders should be put. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And for a sport that doesn't pay you know, all that much relative to some of the other sports, I'm like more excited about how you guys are gonna handle this um, and the results uh, you know, uh, more than almost any other sport. Yeah, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth there for uh, a lot of that. Um, I, I, I was gonna ask, you know, Will, maybe for people that aren't as familiar with kind of how SaberSim works, can you talk about how the simulations are applied a lot differently than the way a traditional optimizer would, even if we have very similar mean projections to somebody using a traditional tool. Yeah, so the the main the main way that that drives that difference, at least on the the sim side itself, is that when you're using like the sim precision slider, which is one of our, our sliders available in the builder, uh, you're getting subsets of sims. So you're getting small little buckets of say like you know even just one sim or, or five sims at a time or ten sims at a time. And that sort of gets a better understanding of, of what a slate can actually look like. So if you're building, say, just out of one sim for each tennis match, it's essentially just simulating today's day at Wimbledon. See what happened, what did everyone score in, the, in this hypothetical simulated day, and building the best lineup for, for that possible outcome. And obviously, like, there's... 29 even if you just took our 5,000 sims of each tennis match 5,000 to the 29th power is quite a lot of possible ways for it to go uh, but it's about getting sort of an understanding of what can win what an optimal lineup does look like um, and sort of how to capture that do you want me do you want me to pull up my uh my uh my saber sim uh page and and, and show you kind of what he's talking about there yeah so let's pull it up here and talk about this so so this by the way this is what saberson looks like from my perspective and it's not going to be the same for everybody else because what i did i actually inputted my own median projections in here you know what i mean but that's uh, again it's going to be very similar um and so when you're doing a build and this is obviously it doesn't matter because this slate already started so i'm not showing anything right <laughs> so when, when you hit the, the plus thing right here all right. So first of all, the default, I, I, I kind of screwed it up because I already have the manual set. Right. So if this were not set to, I don't know, manual, 
it would it would look a little bit different, right? So let's pull up. I guess let's do a new one, maybe of default sliders. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just I, change any of those drop downs, and it should go back to default. Oh, it's a good idea. Actually. So let's let's do like the one fifty. Okay. So so for tennis, you have this, and I want to ask you about this, right? Because you're setting a slider for a certain amount of correlation, a certain amount of ownership fade, and a certain amount of sim precision. Precision. You just mentioned the term sim precision. For those of you, for those people that aren't really as familiar with Sabres, what, what does that mean again with respect to this? Like if I have a 150 max build and I have sim precision set to 10, intuitively I would I would think that meant the opposite of what you might think it means, right? So for me, I would say, oh, sim precision, that means that this is what's going to happen most of the time, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, is it kind of the opposite? Yeah, so it, from that, like that tool tip that pops up, essentially at when you're at 10, you're taking a single simulation um, for each match and building the optimal lineup from like essentially setting everyone's projection to the outcome that happened in that single sim and building lineups from there uh, versus I think it comes up to about 10 sims around seven um, and that takes 10 sim so we simulate the, the slate 10 times and take the average score so like say that you scored 50 50 50 50 50 and then like 190 that sets the player's projection to like 55 and that's what is used to build so it's sort of hmm, I'm trying to think of, of a good way to put it it's essentially like how how much variance you're taking into it like how much yeah. how well, different let, it could let, let me let me let me use a term that i used to describe you guys once is that is that saber sim is not so much as an optimizer as i kind of a really just kind of smart randomizer you know, it's just, 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 just uh, it, it, it tries to give you the bit, most upside for this huge, these huge contests. So when you're setting the slider to sim precision, you're basically telling it like, you know, for lack of, not from a data scientist perspective, just go to town, get me, get, you know, get wild with it. You know what I mean? Like get, get me upside. I don't care how many times, I don't care how many times, I don't care if it fails, you know, a lot, but when it hits, I mean, we're going to get low owned stuff that has upside that has ceiling that probably is not going to get duped and we're going to be in we're going to be in business for this particular type of contest right exactly but like when you when you change the the drop down like you, you were alluding to before i mean it gives you a boy it doesn't give you a little, a little break there it gives you just a little less <laughs> a little less sim precision right so like if i ran this building we can do this a little bit later if you want you know to see the difference between you know what a sim build looks like versus a non-sim sim build. So you guys had it for like months where you didn't have it sim. So you could you could access some of the features of your smart randomizer and you could kind of play around if you put projections in and you'd get, you know, sort of close to the optimal lineup. But then you could, you know, you could you could turn this into a really smart random and you could get whatever. But now when you have it simmed, you know, it, it just kind of, Put, you know kind of changes the game a little bit i have a question before you kind of move on i noticed that in your initial uh sliders you have it set at a five correlation i know there was correlation in tennis <laughs> yeah so it's it's essentially uh, obviously the only correlation a player has in tennis is with their opponent right and so this is everybody is going to have i i think the lowest is like negative 0.91 right so it's essentially it's when we're doing correlation it's compared to the other correlations available on the slate so it's essentially saying like 
I don't think obviously in like a 150 max, but say like it, it really wanted to, you have ownership fade up high and it wanted to put an opposing player in a lineup that would make it favor the slightly more correlated negative 0.9 correlation players versus, you know, negative 0.9 or something like that. So, so you have a, an ownership fade of, of mm -hmm. one. And I've, I'm unfortunately taking this opportunity to ask these kind of just general macro questions that have always been in my head from Sabersim, so I presume that others have it too. So if I'm looking for high upside lineup, I naturally would think that I would want kind of a high ownership fade, right? But you you had this, you, you spoke about this really well, maybe it wasn't you when you talked about LOL, you know, is that is that if you have the sim precision all the way to the right, you don't really need, I guess, mm -hmm. as much ownership fade, or do yeah. these things work together, or talk about so, that a little bit? My personal opinion, at least, so on today's Wimbledon slate, there's with there being 29 games and two players, I think even with like a comfortable $49,000 salary floor, there was 1.63 million lineups. Okay. And so it, in my head, I think even like the top owned player came in around like 35% and was like a super favorite. Right. So it's not, there isn't a ton of chalk to fade okay. really in, in that sense, at least in my opinion. Um, but yeah, sim precision is more where, like, you're going to get the the unique upside builds, uh, and so it, it, it's like that is that is looking at the raw points, and then the ownership fade depending on where you have that level is how much is adjusting it. So say you know you're getting a lineup where like the six chalkiest players is the the one single slate simulation, and it builds a very chalky lineup. The higher you have ownership fade the more it would knock that lineup down. Uh, but essentially, it's one, unlikely that you're going to get such a chalky lineup. Like, it's unlikely that all six chalk hit. Even if it's the modal outcome, it's not close to the mean or median outcome. Um, and so, like, that's why, s at least when we initially launched newer sports, we like sim precision so high, uh, is because we're really leaning into the sims that we've put out. So... If you if you uh, if there was a shorter slate, do you think the the default oh, ownership fade might be higher? Definitely. Like I I'm not sure what exactly the format was if it was the same one, but I saw they they were running like a late slate on Wimbledon with like nine original, matches. This was the original slate. This was the first. Yeah, but my my thinking at least is on like a nine match slate, you definitely want to have ownership fade up at like five or six because if you think about all the the possible dupes from right. a nine game slate, there's not that many possible lineups. Well, you know, and again, you know, just to turn this into what it is, is that, you know, I've been using you guys for, for quite a long time. So people ask me, you know, my, my approach and all this stuff is I, I love just using your default sliders, you know, people try to make these things more complicated than they are. And, and I, I just kind of trust like all the work that, that you guys put into figuring out what the default sliders are. I just don't feel as though I can, I can I can really improve upon that. I mean, I, I could make a, a good case for why I think I could improve upon it. Like sometimes, honestly, I just I just get like OCD and I'll say, you know, what? I'm just going to go for like a, I don't know, like a two, five, eight build or something like that. And really, I mean, this is the, some of the things I think about sometimes. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should just go with what they do or something like that. Even if it's going to be that one time that I screw with it and the lineup that I was going to put in just doesn't get there. Why, why am I? Why am I paying for you guys, right? If I'm not really going to access your guys, you know, intellectual 
intellectual prowess. I mean, I watched the the Sim stuff that you and, and Eric like went through or whatever when you were talking about behind the Sims. I mean, you got and this is this is heavy duty data scientist stuff that you guys are putting into this this work. And for me to kind of ignore that seems seems pretty foolish, right? So so that's kind of what I like to do is just kind of just go with this. Listen, I, I have my own projections, so I'll sometimes replace the median projections with with mine. But when it comes to building the lineups, I mean, I just, I just like kind of rolling with this, you know. And and like for here, I mean, I have 150 put here. I have a 500 pool size, um, 49,000. I just leave this as it is. Maybe yeah. we we'll talk about leaving money on the table. It may be a little bit later. I just I literally leave it as it is. I, I don't I don't do a thing with it, and I just kind of run it. I uh, always do not allow opposing players. If, if, listen, if it's the slate's short enough that where that comes into play, I'm not playing the slate anyway, right? So it doesn't really matter. So if we were just going to do this, I would, just, I would just go boom. And this is literally my process. I, I, I do a lot of work on the front end to make sure that my medium projections are, or medium projections are kind of strong. And I literally just go with your initial sliders and just kind of roll with it. Now, after it builds lineups, then you can kind of, you know, again, you can decide how much you want to mess with it or whatever it is. So this is literally what a build would look like given my projections, which are very similar. We talked about this, right, yeah. to, to whatever. But what it's done, I presume, is it's taken those median projections has turned them into, you know, you've done your kind of like voodoo behind the scenes and have like created kind of like high upside lineups that don't just factor in the median outcome, but just kind of the high upside, you know, of high upside possibilities. And this is literally what it looked like. And I almost, almost always, when it comes to the, the, the 150 max thing, even though I don't play 150, I will literally just download this, upload this, and roll. I mean, I really will. I just don't feel as though I have the, the capability to, 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 you know, to do better than that. The only time I might do it is if I literally get 100% of somebody. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 you have to really beat me up to, to do this. But I would, maybe I don't want 50% of somebody. But then when I think about that, I'm like, well, you know what? I've just put my projections in. I trust these guys. I trust the Sims. I trust that if if they're coming up with 100% of the lineup, there's got to be a reason for that, right? And I'll sometimes I'll I'll usually just leave it be, you know, and just kind of trust that it was more important to get the other part of the lineups shuffled. You know what I mean? Than it yeah. would be to try to fade the 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 uh, the guy that's at 100%. But that's that's literally the process for me. Yeah, I've definitely. I feel like if you asked me last year, I was not comfortable with uh, like a hundred percent of somebody, but that's something definitely over like the last year I've sort of made myself be more comfortable with when I, I get like a, a ton of somebody uh, just sort of rolling with it for the exact reason that you said. It's like, yeah, it's going to suck if they lose, but the yeah. trade off is, uh, you know, I'm getting probably a pretty good deal on the rest of the lineup if I can get them in there. And then the, um, other, the, the, the other thing I mentioned, you know, this is this is one of the things, again, I'm just, I don't want to turn this into a full commercial for Sabersim only because, again, I, I win doing it. You know what I mean? I pay for it, like, whatever, and I'm glad you had me on here talking about this. But one of the things that's really neat is I built 500 lineups and the top 150 are being shown here. If for whatever reason, I want to just say, you know what, I don't want 50% uh, Opelka, I want whatever, less. With the other optimizers, you have to like put that in and then you probably have to rerun it yeah. or whatever it is. Here, because you built all these other lineups in advance, you know, if you just put in say 35, uh, that'd be a minimum, sorry. <laughs> if you put in um uh Oh, that's a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, that is a lot to have. If you put in 35%, then all of a sudden, it, not only does it adjust the exposure, but the lineups have already been adjusted. You know what I mean? Now, now you have the 35%. You don't have to rerun anything. And so that's one thing I'll do sometimes in, you know, sometimes in baseball. I really, I, I, I don't really do this in tennis, but I'll sometimes just decide if I want to X somebody out, you know, for whatever reason. I don't like, you know, I like their attitude, whatever it is. Stupid things that we all do that we wish we wish we didn't do, right? And and it automatically rebuilds all these lines, which I think is just, I I I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. No, I. Uh, that is definitely one of my favorite features as well. I did want to go back to the the yeah. sliders that you were talking about. So when we first create a new sport, like our, our tennis sims, we've been working on them like up, up to like last week is, is very recent. So we don't have the full contest data and everything to do all of our back tests. So when we initially set the sliders, we essentially are taking a look at what does a contest look like? How do we know that the sims interact with the builder? What do builds look like? So we're setting it initially based on, you know, I, I feel like we would know, we would have like sort of the best guess, but we don't have uh, a full back test done on optimal tennis sliders. So I think that when, especially when we first launched a sport, that is sort of the best time where like, if you think that you guys aren't fading ownership enough, that is, is worthwhile to bump that up here more so than after we've, you know, accrued a ton of data and have started really getting into like the niche micro adjustments. Yeah, um, you don't allow posing players. Now, what what do you think about um, about messing with uh, with uh, with min max salary? I obviously in a 50, 50, I was about to say fifty fight slate. I still think of this mm -hmm. MMA, right? In a fifty match slate, I mean, you're probably not going to get too much of that, whatever. But like in baseball, I find this all the time. I'm getting these yeah. twenty five hundred left on the tables type type things. I mean, would you ever in tennis? mess with the in salary thing. I, I usually just, if I'm going to get money left on the table again, you, I'm, I'm kind of like your perfect, perfect client. Cause I just, I just think that if, if, if the lineups have come up with the way they are, even if I'm leaving, you know, 30,000 on the table, there's gotta be a reason, you know what yeah. I mean? And even if I'm leaving in baseball, 2,200 on the table in FanDuel, which always seems to happen <laughs> um, because you know, when you set for max correlation, what it's going to do is you have four of one team and three of the other. And for that eighth, team, eighth guy, it's going to say, I don't want Mike Trout. I'd rather have some 2K FanDuel guy who's going to fill out the stack. You know, and that's how you end up leaving 2,200 on the table for better, for better or for worse. But in tennis, have you looked into, I don't think looked into, like, what, what, I mean, you've been, you've been playing tennis for a little while, right? Do, mm -hmm. do you, do you ever, mess with the min salary thing or not really yeah i mean i think it it's really slate size dependent for me i like well, there are 29 matches say so, so 58 players i it would be a pretty weird outcome that a sub 49k lineup is optimal just because pricing is efficient in a market like this it's, it's similar to mma where it's like they set it based on where the money line is for the the player except with tennis they set salaries like just a day or two ago so there's even less time for like significant line movement i think all of the favorites stayed the same pretty much um it's like I, I it seems at least to me i i definitely haven't dropped it because i feel like efficient pricing is mostly going to be there but you know if it gets down to maybe like a 10 match slate with 20 players or something like that or a 15 match slate even i might drop it to like 47 or 48 just in trying to get away from dupes but 
But would I, you I, ever? But would you ever do a minimum? In other words, this is this is why I ask you because you mm -hmm. guys are behind the scenes. You you've created this this algorithm. I call algorithm. It's probably a better way to describe it. But you've created this 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 system of lineup creation. And if you would get say like I talked about, and this happens sometimes, you 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 ran your stuff in baseball, and you get you know, 150 lineups, and 100 of them leave 3,700 on the table, right? Yeah. Like, would you would you I mean, you don't want to question your 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 model, right? You don't want to question the the sims. You don't want to question the algorithm. But but part of you are think, yeah, but I don't want to leave thirty seven hundred on the table anyway, right? But but maybe you should. I mean, do you how do you how do you handle that? Yeah. So I think I'm probably not a great person to ask because I never change anything. Not <laughs> <laughs> like I I I work on this. You all are the time. a good person to ask. <laughs> so I I feel like. Uh, if there's something I don't like about the projections, I should get to work fixing that on the projections right. and not right. and not tweaking them myself. Right. Um, so I, I don't typically adjust it. When I'm setting salary floor, for me, that's slate dependent. Uh, okay. it's, if I view it more from an ownership and duplication perspective. Uh, so in baseball, because of how stack heavy it is, like say the two lowest implied run totals are, are the teams that you know go crazy and score 20 runs the optimal is totally going to be like 40k um because if it's like the seven eight nine hitter that hit two home runs that that's what it is but that's also just because of how weird distributions are in baseball right. and with tennis with it being so by mo like if you you can literally just cut a line at the money line of the win yeah. probability here it's it's far more efficient pricing wise that i don't think that there's really too many outcomes where especially with so many games today that we're hitting a sort of an optimal below 49,000 well let's 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 do this cuz you do this for for the other sports here like when you click on one of these players mm -hmm. right it brings up it bring up a uh, i guess a, a distribution curve right yep. why why don't you talk about this a little bit like what this is you know how it can differ between i pulled up an ace guy right uh, but, <laughs> I need but to score a lot. So, so so talk what is this yeah so that's the sort of the distribution histogram so each one of those green bars is a bucket of probably like 4 to 5 points if i'm just eyeballing it um, and then we're essentially saying, what percent of the time do they fall within this range? So like 23% of the time they fall between 76 and 80 is, is what this person is, is scoring in our simulations. Um, and it's essentially, this comes out to, you know, the mean of 73, but what does that mean? Like, how do you, it's essentially showing, how do you get to 73? So they're not likely to score hundred. I don't even know if you can score hundred tennis. But, um, you know, like they're essentially very likely because they're, I assume, a big favorite and a pretty high ace person that they're pretty likely to be hitting that 80 mark, you know, a little bit above their mean. Uh, but then their upside sort of falls off from there. Well, let me let me ask you this about tennis, because this is what I, I asked you this one when I interviewed you about C CSGO. Mm -hmm. um, and I anybody that knows a little bit about a sport that I, I don't know too much about, because the one guy I had that I spoke to about tennis wasn't really a DFS guy. He was the guy from Big Data Tennis, whatever. So, ooh, sorry about that. So, so what type of, of player, what type of guy in tennis do you consider? I mean, I know slate dependent and all that, but what is, what is good chalk? Like, what is bad chalk? 
you know, you have this Apelka, right? And, and, and you have aces. Is the aces considered like one of those kind of like safety measures, right? That, that increases your floor? Like, or is it more something, like you said, that, that is just more of that just gives you that kind of ceiling or upside, you know, like I, I see this all the time in, 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 in tennis that the big mistakes that, that this, every single slate, except for, I guess, Wimbledon, every single slate, there's always at least two, maybe three, just colossal misprices, right? Just all the time. This guy that's priced at 5,500, who's for some reason they just forgot was like a dollar fifty favorite to win. He ends up 60% owned, right? So the question is, is that, is that the high, you know, money line equity guy, he's the unfavorable chalk? Or is it the guy like Opelka who, you know, might not have the, you know, the money line equity, but he's got all those aces in his back pocket, right? Yeah. That, 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 that makes him good chalk. What, what have you, what have you, I guess, what have you learned about tennis right? <laughs> and maybe it could help people? So I, I think of aces as sort of an upside statistic because it's obviously the more aggressive of a server you are, when it's working, you're winning, you're scoring aces, you're you're crushing your opponent. And when it's not working, you're getting double faults and losing. Uh, so it's a, it seems like it's a more polarizing uh, sort of those two statistics are, are more how much they're affecting your upside and your downside on a player. Um, and then, yeah, so I haven't had too many slates. I'm still like fairly new to tennis. I've messed around with it a little bit. One of my friends is N. Van Hare, who plays quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've definitely toyed around with it. Uh, but when it comes to chalk, it the number matters a lot to me, uh, at least in, in my process of doing it, because I'm looking at duplication pretty, like that's one of the core things that I'm looking at. So yep. I would play the, the same guy, I'd play him at 30%, but maybe not 34%, if that's the, the trigger line that flips a lineup from, you know, one dupe to two dupes or something like that. Um, yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's pull up the uh, the build here a second because it brings, yeah. brings me to something else I, uh, I I talk about is so this is uh, a 150 max build now what what a lot what most tennis uh, most most people who play tennis DFS that 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 play I guess big like they'll they'll play the the, the lottery or whatever and then they might play like a single entry of some kind you know it depends on what it is 222 or the, the the king of the baseline qualifier or whatever it is and you know, you probably want to change your sliders for, for contest selection, like like we always talk about. Mm -hmm. One of the things, like, again, these are the things that I did before, you know, um, before the Sim stuff came out, is is I would run it with, you know, my own little sliders or whatever. I kind of made it up. And then I sometimes do this with, with, with MMA, uh, not MMA, with the LOL, when I want to figure out which single entry thing to put in is I'll just like list these guys and we'll, I want you to talk about ranking, like Sabre score versus projected score and stuff like that. Because what I'll do is I'll, I'll rank the top three or five five guys, uh, lineups, and then I'll just see which one is not 50K, you know what I mean? Or and I'll just make that last decision based on what I think is going to be less duped. And I, then I start like overthinking myself. Okay, everybody's got access to the same projections. Everybody's running the same stuff. If one guy's going to project five points more than everything else, lineup, that's what everybody's going to play in this. I'll eat the five points of projection integrity and just go with it that way. Um, I guess I brought this all up to guess ask you to kind of just describe this, even though I know what this is already. The difference between ranking ranking these lineups by saber score 
versus projected score. Yeah, so projected score is going to do the same sort of sorting that you're going to see on uh, like any other optimizer. Essentially, it's taking the main projections that you give it. It's looking at this pool of uh, it's so the pool of 500 is built with the sliders, but then it's taking the pool that you've built and it's sorting you and giving you in this case the top 20 just by the projected score. What what the mean projection is for each player, take the sum of that, that's the lineup's mean projected score. Uh, and then when you sort it by Sabre score, that is now taking the same pool, but we're sorting it by your correlation weight, your ownership fade weight, and then the subset like the subset average of the sims. Um, so that's that's the question I've always had, is, is when you sort these by projected score, Mm -hmm. You're not really, if you sort it this way, you're not really getting simulated lineups, right? Mm -hmm. You're well, just getting the top rated by median projection that you put in, right? Well, with so the pool itself, the because uh, obviously like there were a couple million possible lineups, the initial pool of 500 is built with the the simulated. So it's built That's with the simulated. Okay. Yeah. So you're sorting, we're not then rebuilding using that projected score. We're That's taking the pool from the sliders that you've put in. And so like this is something I used to do a few years ago uh, was with NBA Showdown, was I would run, uh, like, give me crazy high ownership fade, crazy high sim variance, give me the weird outcomes, uh, but then sort it by projected yep. score, yep. right? So yep. it's like, you know, give me sane lineups that are also a bit crazy. <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's the pool itself of the 500 lineups is is still coming from the builder and uh, how it's using the sim variants and the sims themselves. Um, but the ranking is just so it is really, I think you're totally spot on. If you don't want to do another build and you want to figure out what lineup to toss in the king of the baseline or two two two, starting by projected score and just giving it a glance and and seeing which one you like is, is I think totally reasonable because. When you're sorting by projected score, you're going to be moving more toward. You're going to be trading some upside naturally right, because you're right. you you're not taking the the single sim outcome. You're taking the average of all the sims outcomes for all players. Um, but again, when you're going to a smaller contest, you don't need as much variance. I wanted to um to jump back in here. I, I know I was out for uh, a couple minutes. I won't have the camera here for the stream. I'm having some internet issues here, but I thought maybe a, a cool thing that we could do here is kind of just like walk through each step of a build and and talk about maybe a few things that you can do to to add some value at, at different steps. I mean, the, the first thing I wanted to to ask about is when do you guys think the tennis DFS process really starts? I guess first when when do our sims run, but also, you know, sheets from your perspective is, is this a sport where there's news that's kind of breaking that you kind of have to be aware up to lock or, or, you know, once the sims are in, are, are things kind of final and you can kind of start your process? Well, from my, from my perspective, one of the things I like about tennis is there's, there's almost never an update <laughs> on, 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 on projections. And, you know, it, it, usually these, some of these slates start at like five in the morning, uh, my time. And I like to be able to put my stuff in the night before and not work, you know what I mean? And, and if I, you know, if I miss 4.45 in the morning, not, not sweat so much. That's why I don't mind playing LOL, you know, because it's not that many, even though I'm sleeping when it starts, mm -hmm. because there's not that many things that happen. There's not many news things that happen. Now, with that said, you know, there there's sometimes guys withdraw, you know, before lock. They, they usually wait until four minutes after lock before withdrawing, <laughs> you know, um, or, or when the match starts to withdraw, you know, whatever. Just like UFC. Yeah, exactly. But um, but there's not. It's it's a really simple sport to play from 
a, a user perspective. It really requires not the same, not even remotely the same type of time commitment <laughs> as, as almost any, even MMA, you have maybe you get some adjustments based on the way in and stuff like that. But, 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 um, but tennis, I don't think I've ever seen, with the exception of, of a site figuring out they screwed something up, which I have seen also, um, I don't think I've ever seen a meaningful update from one, the initial Sims, call it projections, call it whatever, to lock. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. So for me, I just, you know, I, I wait until they're all in, which is usually, you know, 11 by 10 o'clock the night before, honestly. That's when I do my tennis research is, is as as I'm tilted by my NBA the night before or whatever, or whatever it is, I just make sure before I go to sleep, that's what I do. I, I just have to do it for my site too. I look at, I, I take all the projections, I put them wherever wherever I gotta be. And then I'm like, okay, this is my projection, spread per projection system. These are my medians. And I'll just at 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'll throw it up into, now I'll throw it up into Saber Sim. And I will just literally just roll with it right then. I never really check after that. The entire process for me, as far as tennis research and going straight into lineups, is maybe it's 20 minutes only because I do, you know, I have to do other stuff, you know, for my site. But but if it were if I were just a user and I had access to the projections like right off the bat and didn't have to do any other work, I know I don't want to make it sound like trivial, but I could really do like a like a 30 max slate in about seven minutes and be very comfortable with it. Just putting projection to Sabersim or using yours, ro rolling with it. I'd literally give it one quick look to make sure that, you know, I, I like it. Like here's an example. Let's 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 do one. Like you were saying, Jordan, right? Yeah. So well, let's, let's, as a matter of fact, let's 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 literally clear the deck. We'll clear the deck of all my projections. So we're pretending we're the average user. We come on in. We have this is this is this is again this slate happened already, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And I have to change a couple of things just to make it DK friendly, right? Yeah, and I'm curious too. While you're doing that, you mentioned research a couple times. I mean, is there anything specific that you're looking at when you're doing that research? Like any you know particular st stats that you're interested in, or the no, surface I don't, type? No, no, I literally like I don't create my own projections. I just literally take all the industries. And gotcha. what, I, what I what I did is that I'm going to be doing with you guys too. Is I take all the different industry projections and I spent like a couple of months for each of them, like back testing them to see you know for accuracy and stuff like that. And then I would do it. I was I would wait one over the other based on how they did in, in certain situations. Um, but tennis is like everybody's so close; it doesn't really matter. So so I have no problem. And I'm not, I was curious to see where you guys would come out, at least on the medians. You're all close enough that I, I really, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but but if if, if you could, if somebody subscribed to Saberson, they really wouldn't need I don't think any other projections because everybody's so close. And and the fact that what you'd be paying for is all the you know, the simulation stuff and the lineup construction. You want to know the truth, right? So yeah. so so I'm going to start with this, right? Oh, and I'm sorry. You want to? I was uh, just going to. Oh, go ahead, Will. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like the the mean, essentially is is, there, yeah. There's really no way to get different on the mean. So I think right. that this is compared to something like baseball, basketball, yes. volleyball. It's it's far less about the mean because everybody's going to come to the same number yep gotcha so so jordan here it is so this is what we're going to use your project i i change them a little bit just because DraftKings is going to yell at me mm -hmm. right right on if i don't change so that's the only reason i changed it i didn't have any reason to right now as again as you learn more about tennis unfortunately you start to put, put impose your own kind of like biases on things like there are t there are players mm -hmm. that i just kind of have, have 
at least notice that boy when they win they really crush you know if, or maybe it's just me imagining when i when i see on Jobert or whatever win she always seems to win six two six oh or maybe it's, yeah. that's just because i feel that way because that's when <laughs> i happen to be looking at her whatever it is um but i just kind of trust you guys as far as figuring out the distribution curves and things like that so i would start with this and i literally would just then i would i would figure out what contest i'm in let's say 20 max and we went over this when you were kind of offline yeah i would i, I would literally leave all of these sliders exactly the same and just you know you know Embiid, you know i just trust the process <laughs> right Try, not even trust the process trust the, the the people i've invested in which is you guys right i mean i've spoken to will enough times and i've seen like eric uh whatever is his, eric's stuff and to realize these are really just just bright people behind this stuff and i know andy for like a long time i'm i'm more willing to just trust this blindly i mean blindly it's me doing research on you guys to know that to, i can trust you guys to, to to leave this stuff literally exactly the same and i i've never really actually tested how i've done when i've messed with it you know what i mean and i don't i can't even speculate but especially with with um you know a sport i don't know as much about i would literally leave this the same now again this is new right because I, I don't know how this where these sliders came from you know because you guys haven't done tennis as far as from a sim perspective before you know but i'm just going to trust that you're just as good with this as you are in the other sports if you want to know the truth um and not to kind of kind of brag whatever we just just took down a baseball one over the weekend completely trusting the sims and and the line of construction from saberson Okay, I never would have gotten to it on my own. So I would literally start like this. I would build 20 lineups. Let's say I was going to go in for 20. Actually, now I'm, I've been doing well in the last year, so I go for 30 now, right? <laughs> so that's, that's all I play in the lottery is 31. So 30 lineups. And I, I sometimes, you say I don't tweak things, I sometimes will not go for the full 150 max build. Sometimes I will go for 20 max. Um, that's, that's just my own personal preference. Um, so maybe I just contradicted myself, you know, maybe, maybe you shouldn't listen to me. Maybe you should do exactly what they say, but sometimes I, I find that the 20 max lineups I get look just as kooky as the 150, And that's what you're kind of looking for, right? You're kind of looking for lineups that don't resemble your median projection that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, so I just, I would not mess with anything else. I wouldn't change the min salary. I wouldn't mess with min uniques. I'm just going to presume, presume that the lineups that get built for me with this, this, with, with the stuff you have, is going to take care of all this for me, you know, without me just kind of messing with it. So literally just start new builds. On on the on the build settings real real yeah. quickly, I wanted to oh. ask Will, you know, I know it's it's a pretty new model and we we probably haven't done a lot of the slider back testing. One of the things that I think and I think you guys talked about this a little bit when I was having some issues. One of the things that I think is really unique about tennis is how dramatically the slate size can change between, you know, we have 30 yeah. matches today and by the end of the week we'll have eight match slates going on. Yep. Are the sliders kind of set to change as the slate sizes are, are changing throughout the week? Do you know the answer to that at the moment? I, so I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't work on uh, sort of like the builder parts okay. of it. I, I've just worked on the sim side yeah, of this. Yeah, Will, Will was cautiously optimistically evasive about whether that's actually going to happen. And um, I think... Yeah, I, which, is, which, is, which is accurate, you know what I mean? Because it is new. And I, I, you would think, and, and Will was talking about this, logically you would imagine that, you know, we talked about with respect to ownership fade, that the smaller the slate, you know, the more ownership fade probably matters. So right. I imagine the default slider, I don't want to say the word should in the wrong way, or 
could be off to the right a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll say that hasn't been exactly. Uh, yeah. Out. So like, uh, like I said earlier, it's essentially, we've said it to the best of our knowledge when yeah. with coming in. So we know how this sim looks. We've obviously have all played DFS for quite some time. So mm -hmm. we set it at what we think the logical best places. Uh, right. But I, I don't want to come out and say that, you know, we've done years of back testing and, and know that these sliders are, are where they should be because yeah. that's that's where I think something where if you disagree with what our intuition is based on this, that's a, a very clean place to make an adjustment. And I think intuitively it does make sense that, you know, on a bigger slate, maybe it makes sense for the, the ownership fade and, and probably even the sim precision slider to come down a little bit. I One sim per lineup for a 30 match slate for, you know, maybe a 5,000 person contest, it, it, maybe you don't even need that that much. Yeah, I do think you run, there is a possibility of running a risk of over leveraging the lineup. So if you, if you get, you know, two too unique basically yeah uh, like you've you've gone you've overshot you ideally you want to be have the the highest probability lineup just under one dupe so it's like your highest probability unique lineup and you could get a unique lineup that nobody else plays because everyone knows that's not going to happen um but i do think especially with tennis with it being so bimodal um it, it's less like MMA where there's a huge difference in someone scoring 107 and 106 in my mind as far as on a larger slate. Like, I feel like it is safer to have 10 sim variants in tennis in, on a larger slate than perhaps it would be if there was a 29-fight MMA slate. Uh, so I do think that just tennis distributions having slightly less variance within the two modes makes that a bit safer. You know, look at the, looking at his build. Here's one of the dangers of doing what I said about like entering 20 max stuff into 150. I put 30 lineups in, but because I set it for 20 max, it only gives me 20 up here. <laughs> uh, so I actually well, you can to, change that, yeah. Right? No, I know, I know. I didn't realize. So, so now I put 30, and we went over this before. That okay? So now we we've we've done. I don't know whether you call this step one or step two, but but whatever it is. So we we've we've built the initial. So this is what we've done here, right? We built the initial builds of lineups, right? Of 30 lineups from a pool of 500. And, you know, Will and I talked about this when you were offline, what that pool of 500 means. It means that when you make changes here, it's mm -hmm. got a pool of lineups to automatically replace so that you don't have to have to rebuild. And I don't know whether you were here or not when we went over that, you know, this is ranking them by default by Sabre score um which was you know as will you know perfectly described that's real i mean that's really what you want you know what i mean like that that, that benefits from all the different upside uh, stuff that we, we talked about and ownership fade and all that kind of stuff that you want out of big gpp lineups um and now is when you have the opportunity to 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 mess up right in, in my opinion you know? or, or or some people would say would improve upon this build right <laughs> So, like, if you know a little something about tennis, God help you. You say, oh, my God, David Goffin? I can't tell you how many times I've played David Goffin. At, and I've had way too much David Goffin. And I never win when I play David Goffin. And I really like Albot because I saw Albot play last week. And Albot's just awesome. So there's just no way that I'm going to play 46% of, of David Goffin. So then you could tweak it. You know, you could either, you know, uh, what I usually do is just manually just kind of put it down. So if I don't like David Goffin, you could just, let's say, 30, you know? 
And as I just kind of alluded to, they'll automatically rebuild all the lineups with him, you know, at, at only 30% or, or at least close to it. And this is where you can kind of, you know, just kind of mess around, you know, and, and um, I, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, um, try to break it a little bit. Right. So, yeah, I was so, going to ask you sheets. I mean, what, what are some typical reasons that you might adjust a player's exposures here in the post build process when you're actually building your so, so one of the things I talked about when you were offline is if they, if they, they make a guy a hundred percent, right. Um, I, I kind of struggle with this about, about whether I should keep a hundred percent of, of a guy or a get or a girl in, or a baseball player, whatever. Um, if I'm playing like a whole bunch of lineups and just as a, a matter of risk tolerance, you know, maybe it might be wise to, you know, to, to just manually put him down to 60% or something like that. You know, um, you know, we talked about it. I mean, Will and I are both sort of in the same, in an agreement. Oh, I'll agree, whatever. I, you, I've kind of learned to embrace that and just say, listen, if, if Saber Sim and whatever, and all this work is getting to me a hundred percent of this guy, uh, that there's probably a reason. And it's more important that I shuffle the rest of the lineups as opposed to, to taking the stand that that 100% isn't, isn't uh, isn't what I want, but that is one reason I would do it for for risk for risk variant uh, for risk uh, tolerance. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, with respect to tennis, I mean, honestly, I don't do too much of the drill down work, and I don't really make honestly really too many changes um, once this is once this is built. I usually just upload and upload and sweat. Yeah, I feel like with the projection adjustments themselves. It should really just be if you disagree with one of our core three probabilities, if you think that they're more likely to win than at this point what Vegas says, which is our, our input for winning. If you think that they're a higher higher ace output person than we are projecting them to be, or if they're, you know, more or less double fold. Well can uh, you do that? can you do that? Can you can can you not yeah, you directly, can't do that, right? You can't yeah. change one input, right? Okay. Correct. Yeah. So it's okay. it it's essentially it's not going to re sim based on that but say that you disagree you know with some of these five percent less likely than what we have them now in the win column because that win column there on the the far right is the the number of the percent of sims that they were the match winner um and so if if you disagree with that you can sort of drop that proportionally like if you take a look at the distribution you can see when they lose they're averaging you know 30 and when they win they're averaging 70 so if I need to drop them 5%, they're losing 5% of 70 and getting 5% of 30. I'll tell you the fact is though, that, that even if you have an opinion on a, on a, on Maria Sakari, for example, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe you think it's a little high, a little low. I mean, you drop it. What do you, what do you can really, what can you really drop a point? Yeah. Like <laughs> even out of 5% disagreement, that's, that comes out to like a, two points to the downside if you if you thought she was five percent less likely to win i think that's a two percent drop in her point projection yeah and, and and i'll tell you you know when when you when you run these run these lineups and this is what i get a lot i get from, i get from people they say well you won this i use the same projections i use the same whatever why didn't i win i i could run the same sim like 30 times i'll have 30 different builds you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's not that's that, that that's that's the beauty of it you know what i mean i can if you if you ran just a straight optimal, you if you run it a thousand times, you'll get the same thousand lineups. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why it's just called the optimal. But if you build something based on simulations, again, not all sims are the same. You know, so so you could get 
you get, I might get 30 totally different lineups, maybe not 30 totally different lineups. And, and this would happen sometimes when I do LOL, you know, I'll do this and then I'll say, oh, I'll make one change or whatever. And then I'll, I'll redo it. I'm like, boy, I, I'm not getting any OMG now, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. What, what did yeah. I do? You know, maybe I didn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Maybe that just that if I'm only doing 20, 20 Sims or 20 lineups or whatever, that's just what I'm getting, you know? So, yeah, there's um, so many possible, like I think you mentioned earlier, 29 it's either it's 5000 to the 29th power or 29 to the 5000th power either way there's a lot of possible ways for for today's day of wimbledon alone to play out so yeah when when you're pulling simulations even if you were just taking even if you were taking 2000 simulations like per time in that average you can get pretty significantly different well i want to Jordan, I was going to ask if there are any questions or anything like that. You know, actually, it's been pretty quiet on the questions here in, in chat. So everybody watching, I mean, we do have a decent audience with us here today. So anybody watching, as always, feel free to, to fire oh, I away. I see them in here. here. Okay. I, you know, I, I had it stuck on private chat the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, no one's saying anything? I mean, yeah. that's pretty brutal. I mean, like, geez. Okay. No, I, I was going to – Will, I want to challenge you a little bit with, with going one step deeper than what you were saying before. You, you mentioned if, if somebody had a reason to disagree with one of our three core – win percent, ace percent, double fault percent, that maybe that's a good opportunity to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. With the, the knowledge that you have of what actually goes into the model, why would somebody maybe think that? Like, is yeah, there is any that... biases that you're aware of or anything like that, or that would actually give somebody a reason to think, no, I actually do disagree with one of these assumptions? Yeah, so I think the the easiest one to challenge is, is the Vegas odds. Mm -hmm. uh, that is essentially, we're going to be moving towards our own model for win percentage which oh. i would expect the ultimate win percentage to align but the the benefit gained from that is uh what percentage of their points are won by serving and what percentage of their points are won by returning uh, and getting that nuance is is worth the trade-off to to make it a custom model um but i i think there are plenty of, of cappers and people who are betting on tennis that have edge like it it's a pretty big liquid market. I believe that it's pretty efficient, but I'm like, I'm sure it's not a hundred percent efficient. Uh, and so I, I think that if you feel strongly and if you know you want more action down on a money line or some other way, you want to take a more a bigger stand, bumping a player like that based on their money line is pretty easy. Um, I think ace and double faults are less impactful towards the ultimate projection. Like it. You'd have to disagree with us by a pretty significant margin to make it a pretty to make it a meaningful difference when you're running a build how much you're going to get, mm -hmm. um, and it's also those are fairly static, from my understanding and, and from what I've looked at. Like once you have a decent enough sample size, you sort of get a good understanding of this player is going to win fifteen percent of their serves by aces, etc. Gotcha. And I know when we had talked about MMA, when we were talking about these kinds of adjustments, one thing you mentioned was to be careful about making, you know, significant absolute value changes to projections just because of what that can do to a, to a fighter's ceiling, right? You can almost end up with like somebody having an impossibly large ceiling if you make too big of an adjustment at the mean. Is there a particular range of player projection adjustments that you'd recommend people kind of stick within when, when making these changes? Yeah, and I think that is less, that's less of a risk here in tennis with how the distributions look. It is 
fairly low variance within each mode uh, of winning and losing. You have a, a pretty, they're going to fall, you know, usually plus or minus 10 points around the the average win and the average loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there there is less risk in doing that. But I'd be hard-pressed if... I, I, I'm not sure I could be convinced that any player is really more than 5% or 5 points away from their true mean. Like you'd have to really disagree with the money line and our aces and double faults to like I, I like she touched on earlier. It's these means are are pretty you're going to get to them very similarly just because it's so much about do you win and when you win how aggressive are you as a server? Gotcha. Jordan, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I mentioned I want to try to break this. What, what yeah. I was getting at, for those of you that have been following along, is, is, is you know, one theme that here is that I really do trust the system, right? And I do trust everything. Once I have my projections or your projection, whatever, I do trust the whole system that once you get to this initial build, right, once you start messing with it, you have this this pool of 500 lineups that, that it's going to choose from. And then you start getting too smart. You say, I don't like Riley Opelka, and you get rid of him. Then you say, I don't like Altamar, I get rid of him. I don't like... And then it has these 500 lineups. You know, it says, okay, I, I got more for you, but don't get too cute. I'm going to run out of lineups, right? And then eventually you're going to get to this point where I don't like this, I don't like that. Then you get this error where it says, we need to expand the lineup pool in order to match your exposures, right? So even though I gave it 500 lineups to choose from, I did enough messing around where Saber Sim is now mad at me, okay? So now now you have two choices, and I this is, if, if those of you that have never heard me say this before, if you learned if nothing from this, you have two choices here. Number one is you can hit yes, expand pool, okay? Or number two, you could say to yourself, maybe I'm kind of dumb and I did something stupid and should go back and figure out some other way. And I really believe that choice B is long-term better for your bankroll than to just continue to expand the, the, the pool to just match what your biases or what your opinions are now kind of trying to trump. But what's interesting is that it took me a while to get to this point in tennis, actually, which kind of cuts to your point about how everybody's kind of you know, kind of close, I guess. It took me – I had to knock – I had to take out Opelka. I had to knock like five guys from my pool before I got the warning, but – but it's the same with tennis, opposed to any other sports. I mean, once once you get to this point in step whatever, step three, step four, whatever you call this, when you start messing around, if you mess around to the point where you get this error, I really believe you've messed around too much. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point too. I talk about that a lot on office hours, right? We've we've already got this pool of of five hundred lineups that's that's viable for the slate, and you've exceeded that. You can't find thirty that match what what you've requested to do here. Um, I, I think that's, I, I always recommend the same thing, right? Maybe a good opportunity to take a pause and, and uh, go back a step here and, and make sure you really want to make all the changes that you've put in here. So um, one other thing I wanted to, to touch on here on this, this post-build process, and Will, I wanted to ask you, you know, when we're talking about risk tolerance and managing risk, um, I know, you know, one thing we had talked about, I think when we were doing some esports content is a way to you know, just diversify and, and avoid being overexposed to one team is like to match stack percentages to like win probability of that team. Do you have any like any heuristics here that you like to use for, for the way that you manage your risk in the post build process with with different? Um, yeah, so players? I, I talked about this with Sheets earlier. I've definitely sort of over time grown away from from artificially limiting players. Okay. 
Um, but I do think that when you have a slate this large, like I, I'm absolutely slamming this Riley Opelka person, uh, and I'm not near their their money line win percentage. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's it's there's so many there's 58 players and that's you know I I don't think that there there is too much risk to manage there. Um, at least from like a a standard heuristic um i think it would have to just sort of be a case-by-case basis where it's like if like i don't know maybe if i got 75 percent of somebody on this slate with with 58 players i'd be a little bit more cautious but i can't really think of of like a sort of in the same way that csgo year it's so much about the team stacks and then within that it's you know that team stack really depends on them winning. You can sort of say, okay, well, I don't want to be like too much over their win probability to control risk. I don't think there's something that sort of applicable here with tennis. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I know we're starting to get, you know, a little over on time. I want to be respectful of everybody's time here. Um, I mean, I have a couple final questions that I wanted to ask both of you guys before I, I jump into that. Uh, do either of you guys have any anything else that you wanted to add on here, uh, touch on? No, I mean, for me, I mean, just, uh, again, another, again, I, I look at DFS as a cool kind of puzzle to continue to try to solve, you know, and, and you know, now that, that you guys have gotten into the tennis part of it, I mean, part, part, of, part of me solving it, you know, it's definitely solved, right? But part of me trying to figure it out is figuring out how to utilize your tools to, you know, to make my lineups make my lineups hum, you know, because I've, I've done really well in tennis, just kind of, you know, kind of finagling with the, you know, I start with the optimal and then say, okay, this feels like I should be a little more variant this way, you know, whatever it is. I'm just kind of I'm really interested to, to play around with the sliders and, 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 and just kind of play around with the, the way Saberson is handling this just to kind of learn something and continue to get better at it. I'm just kind of, I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll ask you guys both kind of in, in turn here, my, my final question. I always like to end these these new sport or new model streams with this. If you could give somebody that was brand new to maybe to SaberSim and, and to Tennis DFS or or whatever, one thing to kind of key into when they're when they're building their lineups here, maybe one thing to look at research or make an adjustment or anything like that. What would it be? I mean, in, implicit in my comments before, I think you guys know what I'm going to say. I mean, I. I would start off by literally not making any changes at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I mean, you know, it, and and look, I know that that most people that play, that gamble, that do anything like this are typically type A, you know, and, and typically they have this kind of like ego that they don't want to feel as though everything's been done for them, you know, and they they want to impose their 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 opinion on things and and and. and you know, part of life is is knowing when to put that aside, you know, and, and until you get familiar enough with a sport where you you can improve upon it that that would that would really be my opinion for someone to get involved in tennis right off the bat is look it's it's happened it happens to be in my opinion a pretty a pretty fun sweat it's kind of like a weird derivative of mma and something mma is 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 ultra cool because it's literally one thing going on you have to focus on one thing and everybody has action on that fight you know what i mean whether they have the fighter or they're fading it. it. And yep. Everybody's looking at the same thing. Now, tennis is sort of like that, and that everybody does have action on every fight, right? But you got a bunch of them going on at the same time. You know? So you got to like kind of like 
you know, walk your sweat around a little bit. But but what's what's cool about tennis is you get to even though your your score's locked in, you start to root against people that start off with more points than you do. Like they give somebody that thirty point bonus to start off, and you're like, that's no problem, right? He's got to lose, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna go behind me. So it's a fun enough sport to sweat, and and I would just literally just use Saber Sim and use whatever projection model you have, and just build get 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 some have some fun with it. Build twenty lineups, let her roll. Probably have you don't know any of these players except for Djokovic and, and the dollar anyway, right? And just, just just pile them in and just and just enjoy it because I think that listen, I don't know if just doing that is going to necessarily make you a winning player or whatever it is, but it'd be fun to find out, you know. And 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 uh, I, I would literally just start with the, the pure trust the Saberson process model as far as playing tennis. Yeah, I think what I would add to that is is for a slate like this, I. I personally didn't really do anything special. Uh, but as, like you mentioned, the slates get smaller, like as we advance in the bracket at Wimbledon, uh, just be cautious of ownership on a lineup uh, because duplication is going to be, if you consider that most other people building are going to be building using mean projections, yep. they're going to get on this very same lineup so much. Like you're gonna have a lineup that is duped a hundred times that has almost the same win probability as a lineup that's unduped. Uh, and that's just a product of people using traditional optimizers and traditional mean projections. They're gonna butt into the same lineup. Uh, so as the slate shrinks and that becomes more and more likely, just sort of be cautious of how popular the players that are coming up are. So if you're getting a bunch of high owned players, maybe consider bumping ownership fade and trying to get more unique you're going to be taking more risk with that, but you're going to be maximizing your EV that way. Gotcha. I think that's really good advice. And I, I think as the week goes on and we get some of these smaller slates, I'm excited to see how some of the, the strategies change and what some of those top unduped lineups actually start to look like as we as we go along here. So cool. Well, I think uh, from there, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, to everybody listening, I'll, I'll remind you that uh, we have a free totally free, no strings attached, seven day trial on our site, sabersim.com. So if you want to come check us out, you get access to all of our sports, our new tennis sims, but also everything else we have to offer for baseball, for golf, uh, for esports, everything else going on right now. Uh, and I will be posting a video here before the end of the week to our YouTube channel, uh, summarizing a lot of what we talked about here on today's stream called how to beat tennis DFS uh, with Sabersim. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Sheets will, again, really appreciate you guys coming on and talking with me here today. I'm excited to, to, to build some lineups. Uh, thank you very much for your patience with me while I have these internet issues here. I know I'm just like a blob, a, a didn't, moving didn't mic even, blob Didn't here. even know you were gone. Don't worry. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And I will be back here again tomorrow, hopefully in a more stable situation uh, for office hours at 2 o'clock Eastern. See you later, guys. Thanks for having me.